Welcome to Crossroad Church's Sermon of the Week podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Bob Ellis. To this evening, I'm going to be reading out of Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, I'm sorry, Colossians chapter 3, Colossians chapter 1, uh, verse 15, and I don't even know where the 3 came from, but there you go. The, the Bible says, that he is the in, is the image of the invisible God, speaking about Jesus. Paul is writing about Jesus. He says, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things in in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that every so that in everything he might have supremacy. For God was pleased to have all of the fullness dwell in him. All his fullness dwell in him. And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Um, Paul's summary here to this church in, a, in, in the town of Coloss or Colossae, I always say Colossae, but that's um, Coloss, is, is indicative of, of, of just what the gospel, or, it's, or maybe not indicative is the word, it's, it's more of a, a great summary of everything we know about Scripture, and Paul is trying to, to, to make it so succinct that they can understand and capture it, though I think when you look at this, there's there's a lot going on here in Coloss, uh, and, and and for them to understand this, understand Paul's writings, and, and even Paul himself, where he's writing from, we'll get into in, in just a moment, but he, he summarizes everything here, and he says that, that Jesus is over all things. He's supreme over all things. Now, Paul is writing this from prison. He's waiting trial. He's, he's ha- he has time to think. And the problem with sometimes when we have too much time to think, you can change your mind. When you have too much time to think, you can doubt. You can, in some ways, you can start to overanalyze and wonder is is this really does this really even matter? Am I really am I in jail because of this? And do I believe what what this is? And so he's writing as he's getting ready to go on trial, and and he makes this summary. He says Jesus is over all things. He says he is the image of the invisible God, and and I do want to get back to that. And I didn't probably didn't mean to highlight that right now, but. He he's saying that Jesus has been seen, and that Jesus he even says that 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 everything of God has been put into Jesus. He's over all these things, and and he mentions something at the very beginning of this in verse sixteen. He says, "For by him, the Christ Jesus, all things were created." Now let that sink in for just a second. Um, as I as I pull up some of my notes here on my. Uh, that I have put down here, everything that has been created, it's been created through him and in him and for him. So what he's saying is Jesus is supreme uh, in creation. Uh, this is significant. 
This is significant because we live in this creation. Paul was living in this creation, and, and he was actually in a tough spot in this time um, in, in, in first century Rome. But he had time to think about it, and he wanted to tell the church of Colossians here that, that Jesus is over all things. What I'm going through, what you're going through. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 4, 11, the vision that John receives on the island of Patmos says, Worthy are you, O Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. Glory and honor power for you created all things and by your will they existed and were created so john is writing something at a different time point not too much of a different time period but they're writing all within that first hundred years uh that first 40 some years 50 years after jesus is is um, ascension death and ascension and they're writing these letters and they're writing from these perspectives john's on an island and he sees this vision, and he says, Jesus, though I'm in, I mean, now you, I don't want to add to this, but I want you to get this. Even though he's in prison on an island, very similar to maybe like an Alcatraz, or that's the image that I get. Um, he says, worthy are you, Jesus. Worthy are you, O Lord and God. So he's given him the title, the titles that he deserves, and, and there's other titles, of course. And he says, you deserve to receive all of the honors, all of the glory, all the praise, all the power is yours. We don't have any. And Paul and John understood that because they were powerless. And, and yet they had, and so in this, they had time to think. Um, they had time to think, well, who is powerful? Did, did being in jail, did being in jail for the cause of Christ make them think that, Caesar had power, that Rome had power, that governments had more power. No, it had the opposite effect. They reflected and they said, you're over all of creation. And even here, I will praise you. When I think about Jesus being supreme over all things, supreme in creation, when we go through this life, we go through heartaches and troubles and trials. We go through struggles and it's like, why is this happening? How is, is there anyone that's really in control? It, it says that they did, not de, they did not diminish in their praise to him or their acknowledgement that he is over all things. And so when we see Paul writing about the supremacy of Christ here, and, and that's just the, that's the subheading that, that mine has, but you see that, uh, or that my study Bible has, but, but if you see this, he's talking about the supreme way in which Jesus is over all things. He's over all of creation. He, he, everything in creation is held together through him and by him. And it also says this, verse 17, he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. I don't even have time to, to tell you a couple of my opinions on this or thoughts, not, not that how, how Jesus holds all of the universe together. Now that, that thought in itself could, could be mind boggling if I, if I just had the, um, had quite the knowledge to put it all together. That the fact that he is, is holding everything together. 
Have you ever felt like, oh, I'm holding it all together. I can barely keep it together. I can barely, I can barely remember to do this, do that. It's like I'm juggling too many things. I'm trying to figure it all out. How do I hold it together? And the answer is you don't. You can't. There's no way. He holds it all together. So recognizing that Jesus is supreme in, in creation is a reminder that you don't have to hold it together. He's holding it together. Wow. I don't have wow in my notes, but isn't that an amazing thought? That you don't have to keep it together. Even when you feel like you're up against the wall, surrounded on all sides as, as both of these men were in, in different ways. He's holding it together. The scripture goes on verse 18 and says, He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn among the dead. And I don't want to get to that quite yet, but it says, He is supreme over creation. He is supreme over the church, which means that, that yes, we believe in the church. We believe verses that talk about how, how the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. And even though when you see the church, you think, well, why aren't we more dominant? Or why aren't we more, um, uh, we're seeing more inroads. And well, th those questions come to my head a lot. Um, a lot of that falls back on us. But there's a couple of writings that Paul writes to another church in Ephesus, and he says this, talking about Jesus, talking about the Christ. He says, and he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church. So Jesus is supreme over creation. He's also been put over the church. Who better else to lead the church? Now, we've got all different kinds of branches. Uh, we've, got, we've got different denominations, and I know... Uh, here in Texas, one of the first questions people would ask me, are you an independent church? I'm like, I don't know what you mean by independent. It's like, do you mean we don't want to listen or fellowship or partner with anybody? Um, boy, that doesn't sound biblical. But I understand what they mean. I think I understand what they mean. They've been burnt by a church that happened to be associated with something. And if you look at the first church, I mean, Paul would, he would even collect money from one church and take it to another. There was a fellowship or an association. I don't think you can be a church and be independent. I think you got to be partnering with somebody, um, both both regionally uh, or locally and, and then regionally and then around the world. I just believe you have to. Um, but in the midst of all that, sometimes there's things get convoluted. Sometimes it feels like, um, is the church going to make it? Uh, do people care about the church? Let me tell you someone who cares about the church. It's the head of the church. It's Jesus. If you've ever been given one assignment, one thing that you were in charge of, that you were proud to lead up, head up, or, or, or to run with excellency, whether that's a, a lemonade stand as a Boy Scout or, or it was a supervisor uh, job somewhere, the work you were, were given, and, and you really wanted to impress somebody, and you want to do a good job. Sometimes you're, you do a good job for whatever motive. But you, you have this sense of, I want this to work. Well, let me tell you about Jesus is the head of the church. And not only does he want it to work, it will work. Because he promises it's going to work. And he says he is over all things. So he is moving pieces. And he is not some, some passive actor in our lives. He is participating, actively participating in your life and in my life. He's not just put the push. You, you see these big displays every year around Christmas. Someone will have some 
50,000 piece set of dominoes set up in one, but they'll push it in it all. It's, it's not like he pushed it and just kind of let it roll. Because if you think that, if you think he's inactive in our lives, then, then he, that, that doesn't really feel like he's supreme over all things in the church. Paul is serving the church. John was serving the church in, in the passage I read earlier in Revelation. And they both were saying that Jesus deserves the glory. He's over the church. We're here in the places we're here because of his goodwill. The church is where it is right now because, or you are uniquely positioned where you are, if you're a follower of Christ, to do his will. And, and the church is making inroads in jobs, into communities. I'm not a big fan that says, you, 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 well, well, well you're, you're, it's your job, don't, don't share your faith. Now, keep everything separate. Now, you might say, well, it's easy, you're a pastor, because you, you can talk if you want to. But I just, I just don't get that we're not supposed to be in our communities, in our workplaces, living out, showing, and, and, and speaking words of hope to people. And God could give us the wisdom for how to do that. But anyway, Paul writes to the church at Ephesus, and he says he put everything under Jesus. He's supreme over creation, or he's supreme in creation, in making, and everything he did. He's supreme over the church. Uh, he, later on in Ephesians chapter 2, it says, In whom the whole structure, talking about the church, being joined together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord. The Bible says that the church is growing and Jesus is over the church. And, and sometimes it, it, it feels like, well, does anybody ever want to go to church? And, and maybe before we ask that question, because that, that is kind of frustrating sometimes, I, I would imagine. It is. But the probably a better question is, are we willing to be the church? Paul was being the church in jail. John was in being part of the church. He was writing the churches. He was doing his part to encourage the church where he was. Paul was doing what he could to encourage the believers uh, that he was writing in Coloss. And so Jesus is supreme over, is supreme over creation, in creation, uh, through creation. He's, he's holding everything together. He's leading the church, and we're part of it. We're part of the church. And then finally it says here, he's the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead so that in everything he might have supremacy. We've already talked about it. he's supreme over creation. He is he's supreme over the church. Now it's saying he's supreme over death. He's supreme over death. And how do we know that? Well, let's keep reading. For God was pleased to have all the fullness of his fullness dwell in him, and through him reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. So, so Jesus is supreme in creation. He is supreme. He's supreme over the church, and he's supreme through the cross. What he did on the cross by, by shedding blood was to fulfill the requirement of what happens when we sin. He looked at the world, and so not only his creation that he made, not only his church, but whosoever will, if they would accept and believe the sacrifice that he made for them, that he is the image of the invisible God, that he is God incarnate. He came to dwell with us so that he could be supreme over all things. The scripture says it was 
his moment of being his moment of supremacy on the cross that made it possible for you and I to draw close to him. The cross is the key. The cross understanding the cross and what the cross meant is is fundamental to Christianity. If not, it's like going to a church is just a social club. It's no different than going to the YMCA. But the cross is what draws men to him. The cross is what makes it even possible for us to, to look ourselves in the mirror and say, yeah, he forgave that. He does. And he continues to. Because he's over. And he holds it all together. To Paul, John I mentioned earlier, especially to this letter to the church at Colossus, he said, if I, can, if I can say this, in my circumstances, if I can still live out the Christian faith and walk and follow Jesus, be a Christ follower in this situation, then so can you. Just remember that he is over all things. Well, thanks for joining me tonight, um, us tonight, the, 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 the Crossroads Church family. And, and if you don't have a church family here in the San Antonio area, we'd love to invite you to come out uh, to our services. But if you live in a different city somewhere else, I would also encourage you, join up with a, with a, a Bible-believing church that, that understands and believes in the supremacy of Christ. Um, he is over all things, and he wants to hold things together. Um, I probably should have prayed and then gave my little out, uh, outtake, but I do want to pray for you and those of you who are watching this evening. God, thank you for the opportunity that uh, we have to, to speak into to people's lives. And Lord, I thank you for all the people that have spoken into my life over the years. Would you use, um, would you use these services that we, that we put up on Sunday evenings to, to, to glorify you, to praise you, to give you honor? because you truly are over all things. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. For more information about this podcast and other ministries, visit crossroadstx.church.